Welcome to episode 56 of The Complete Works Season 3, a deep dive into the career and films of actor Michelle Yeoh. My name is Mike Smith, and joining me on this journey into the Yeoh-averse is my friend, co-host, and fellow psychopath, Mike Tricio. How are you today, Mike? I'm doing great. Um, it's another wonderful day here, living in the the Yeoh-essence world that is 2023-2024. Um, so I'm excited for today's episode. Yeah, it's a new year. It's a new yo. Uh, we wrapped up season three of The Complete Works. I believe it was November of uh, last. It was like two months ago. That sounds uh, right. And uh, yeah, we've watched every movie and TV series that Michelle Yeoh has ever starred in. We wrapped that up at the tail end of 2023, and we decided to take a little bit of time to relax before we jumped into getting season four off the ground. And I know there are a lot of people out there who are getting impatient with us, wondering when we're finally going to announce our season four finalists. Well, you have to wait one more week. <laughs> uh, because what were you say back? I just said, whoops. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, because in that time that we took off, a new project featuring Michelle Yeoh in a major role dropped. And unlike other TV shows that featured Michelle Yeoh, like Strike Back or Marco Polo, the fact that this one has Yeoh in such a substantial part is the cornerstone of its marketing. And you can thank the Everything Everywhere Oscar win for that one, uh, I would imagine. Yeah, I, ne- I noticed that uh, you neglected to mention Witcher Blood Origin or Blood Origin Witcher or whatever the hell the name of that show was called. That's true, which that show uh, was definitely marketed, at least to me, as being a Michelle Yeoh show. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And she's definitely not the main character by any... Like, uh, I watched the one episode and she pops up at the end, which which is a thing that happens in almost every one of these shows. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about it. Yes, of course. Uh, so today's show is co-created by Brad Falchuk, a name you might not recognize, but someone whose TV credits go back very far. Falchuk was a writer on Nip Tuck, uh, which was created by Ryan Murphy. Uh, and Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk soon became creative partners. And Murphy and Falchuk ends up creating several big shows together, including Glee, uh, American Horror Story, and 911, which uh, is a show that's on its seventh season right now, I think, and is one of the most insane things in network TV. Uh, I don't know. Anytime I see a clip of 911 on like Twitter or something, people are always sharing it, being like, holy shit, I can't believe this aired on. <laughs> like, your parents are just watching this right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, isn't that the Nathan Fillion show? But I think that's The Rookie or Rookie or something like that. Um, I, I assumed you were talking about Castle, which uh, that's how far back my network TV. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Stuff goes. Um, but I think 911 might be the show with that, the clip of Rob Lowe, like trying to do CPR on like a person that's frozen and yes. their chest explodes or whatever, like the yep. thing. That's the one. <laughs> Neat. Uh, yeah. So they created that show over the course of 20 years. They became some of the biggest developers in network television. And a few years ago, they were both poached by Netflix to instead create shows for their streaming service. Falchuk ended up signing a four year deal with Netflix. And that deal led to the show that we're talking about today. The Brothers Son. I'm not your prisoner. I'm here to negotiate. We have no problem killing your son. I dare you to go after Charles. Who said anything about Charles? All these years, you were hiding someone else. Oh, 
close. Our family is head of the Jade Dragons. So we're like criminals. You could have told me that. We were trying to keep you safe. Yeah, nice fucking work. So The Brothers Sun stars Michelle Yeoh as Eileen Mama Sun, the matriarch of a family well-known throughout Taiwan as some of the most renowned gangsters in the country. Yeoh is the only big name in the cast and gets top billing, but she is not the main focus of the show. After all, it is called The Brothers Sun. It's about two brothers. Yeah, not Mother Sun. Exactly, yes. Uh, although, spinoff called Mother Sun, that could be pretty good. That'd be kind of cool. It. Yeah. Two brothers who could not be more different from each other, by the way. Sam Sung Lee plays Bruce Sun, who lives with Yo in America. He's a goofy kid who has a dream of doing improv and being a great comedian. Uh, his estranged older brother, Charles Sun, comes into town and drags him into the gangster life. And he's played by Justin Xian. The show was co-created by Brad Falchuk, along with Byron Wu. And all eight episodes were released on Netflix on January 4th, 2024. Uh, like other TV episodes, Mike and I are setting out pretty much to watch the first two episodes not the whole series i did end up watching the first four episodes so i've seen about half the season right now mike d you've seen the first two correct yes the first two okay uh if you were instead going to the theater the weekend this came out the only new release was night swim which opened at number two uh which i believe is a blumhouse horror movie uh i've seen the trailer for it looks silly you know it's it's the first weekend of january horror movie dump that uh is 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 traditional uh last year we had megan and that was a real outlier of being a pretty good movie (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's the the uh, the ancestral lands of Blumhouse, basically. Yeah, exactly. The rest of the top ten consisted of Wonka, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, Migration, Anyone But You, which has quietly become a pretty big sleeper hit this year. It's made like $100 million already. The Boys in the Boat, The Color Purple, The Iron Claw, Ferrari, and Poor Things uh, were your top ten uh, the weekend this came out. Uh, the IMDb plot synopsis for The Brother's Son reads, the show follows Charles Sun, a Taipei gangster who settled into his life as a ruthless killer, but must go to L.A. to protect his mother and younger brother after his father was shot by a mysterious assassin. So, Mike, going into The Brother's Son, and actually, I, I did want to mention real quick, uh, this show was definitely in the Netflix, like, top 10, like, the top 10 TV shows of the day at some point, like, when it first hit or something like that. And I was trying to find, like, an archive version of, like, what the top 10 looked like on Netflix, like, the uh, the weekend the show came out. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't find it. I, I don't think there's any way to, like, easily access an archive of what the Netflix top 10 was. Yeah, of course not, because then people no. would be able to tell when Netflix is lying or whatever they do. Ex- Exactly. So, uh, yeah, that is unfortunate. I'm also pretty sure, like we said this off the air, the top 10 is fake. It's it's fairy dust. It's yeah. uh, it's a fugazi. It's a wuzzy. It's a wuzzy. It's uh... <laughs> <laughs> Remember when that that like that fake uh, Jackie Chan movie was like number one for a couple weeks or whatever last year or the summer or something? I don't remember when it was. The, the fake Jackie Chan movie? What are you talking about? Either some bullshit Netflix movie that had Jackie Chan in it uh, that was apparently terrible and allegedly was like number one uh, for a couple weeks at some point. Um, uh, I, I have no idea what you're talking about i can't remember Uh, the name of it at all (laughs) and i'm somebody who like should know like if there was a jackie chan movie that uh was delivered straight to like straight to my tv and easily accessible for me to watch i feel like i should have been able to i should have known about it at least right you would Um, think netflix would spend a single dollar promoting anything and they just simply (laughs) won't (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, such is the case with uh, pretty much every uh, Netflix release, which is unfortunate. You know, they uh, the Oscar nomination just came out today as we're recording this. Uh, and Netflix had like three movies, like three or four movies that were like in the bag, like, oh, man, these could be like big Oscar contenders. They had The Killer, they had May, December, and they had Maestro. Maestro got in the race. Uh, the Killer in May, December did not. Um, I guess they also had that Nyad is also a Netflix movie, which got a couple of acting nominations. I don't think that's um, a real movie either. That's um, that's everybody's reaction to uh, those nominations. It's like, wait, that's a like, what? <laughs> July 6th, 2023, Jackie Chan starring Jackie Chan and John Cena. It's a movie called Hidden Strike, uh, which is apparently very terrible. And I remember only because I think on the film cast, they talked about that movie being in the top 10. And I think number one for like one or two weeks or whatever. Uh, and just being like, this isn't I've, this isn't a real thing. This doesn't exist. Yeah. Like, um, I think Dave Chen said he watched it and he doesn't he didn't. If I remember right, he said that he didn't think anybody was ever in the same location while filming at all. It's, it's all <laughs> people on green screens in frame by themselves <laughs> in every scene. Like, cool. Neat. Unfortunate. Uh, yeah, I guess I won't be watching Hidden Strike. I had no idea it existed. Uh, but going into the Brother's Son, Mike, uh, what were you expecting from the show? And uh, what are your overall thoughts based on the first two episodes? Um, going into it, I was I was afraid it was going to have that kind of vibe. Like I was just talking about for Hidden Strike. Just because, you know, I feel like Netflix is just squarely out of goodwill by now, um, broadly speaking. <laughs> sure. There, the- there's still the occasional like pretty good, pretty good to great thing that comes out of Netflix, I think. Sure. But they are largely overshadowed by all the bad stuff that uh, <laughs> that has come out, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and in particular that there's that one one clip I think from Patrick Willems that uh, somebody. Oh man, I don't remember what the context of the new thing they were talking about. But in his video, Patrick Willems is talking about uh, Knives Out and yes. how Netflix was uh, admitted, like, yeah, they lost out on a ton of money by only having that limited like two week or whatever it was theatrical release for Knives Out and for and, Glass Onion. Glass Onion, that's what I meant. Yeah, a Knives Out mystery. Um, right. <laughs> for Glass Onion. And, uh, you know, that that Willem's point is that Netflix is willing to take the hit because that also, in the long run, damages theaters because theaters would have continued to make money off of Glass Onion. Uh, so to Netflix, the calculus is worth it to lose money on that project in the long term to put theaters out of business. <laughs> um, yes. And it's a weird thing with every other streaming service where a lot of them have realized that like, oh, the stuff that comes out in theaters like gives greater value to it when it appears on your streaming service. Like right. Barbie showing up on HBO Max Max like felt like a like they've put everything if you go to Max right now the entire page is Barbie yeah and <laughs> like know? the cursor changes and it's like a little sparkly th- like they really leaned into it um, yeah and I know Killers of the Flower Moon also same thing for Apple like they you know let that have a, a significant theatrical run so that when right. it comes to Apple people are like oh shit finally you know like it's a, it's the hype you let it build all this stuff um, and Netflix is squarely just like no um, but that's not really relevant to a TV show necessarily, but there's no, all, that, necessarily. all that swirling around. Um, so sure. I was, you know, a little scared basically. Yeah. And also Netflix is like, you know, the, uh, the leader of that content glut where they're just constantly churning out stuff. Yeah. And so much of it is disposable and forgettable. And so it kind of just makes everything sort of feel the same. And that's a bummer. It is definitely a bummer, but I think all that said, brother soon sort of defies that in, in, uh, most respects. I think this was a, I can't say wholly original thing 
for Netflix for me. I, I couldn't help but th- compare it to um, Umbrella Academy. I think it has a okay. very, very similar energy and vibe where it's like this kind of tongue-in-cheek, self-aware genre thing. Like, I, but but at the same time, it's fun and 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 exciting, and the action is very cool. Um, the you know that that opening scene, the like called open, is the like a, a pretty intense like hand-to-hand martial arts scene narrated by a great British Bake Off. Um, <laughs> Some very, Netflix synergy going on there. Absolutely, actually. yeah. yeah. Um, but but very funny, and you're just like, that, this is not what I was expecting. I it was either expecting like, and I feel like we've sort of moved beyond this um, on Netflix originals. But like, you know, I thought it would might be like the original first season of like Daredevil, where it's like this really like realistic, gritty, bloody, violent kind of crime thing. But it's not. It's set to you know like funk and pop music and and like anime, right. very heavily anime influenced and and very comedic. And like, you know, like you said, the main character, Bruce, wants to do improv. So like there's a lot of that kind of vibe to it and stuff, which is very fun. So, um, yeah, overall, I ended up enjoying those first two episodes. I know when it first dropped, I forget what I think it was when we were recording the Godzilla Minus One episode for Mike and Mike go to the movies. It was that weekend. So um, I wasn't home when it first came out, but a couple of days later when I came home and I hopped into Discord where I'm always hanging out with my friends, some of my friends were watching it. And, uh, you know, I guess that was like Friday or Thursday that came out and right. this was Saturday. And uh, I was like, oh, what do you what like what episode are you guys on? And they're like seven. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, it just happened. It just came out. Um, so I know at least some of my friends like binged it over that first weekend. Like, okay, is the thing for Netflix. Um, so yeah, I think, I th- and I have seen a lot of people just be like, oh, this is kind of like a pretty cool, awesome little sleeper hit thing, even though it's like a major Michelle Yeoh show that was promoted and it's in the top 10 air quotes. Uh, you know, like, so, so it's exciting to see. See Michelle Yeoh get another win, you know? Yeah, no, uh, the reactions to this show seem generally positive. And uh, yeah, I've seen the first four episodes now. I've watched half of the season and I think it's pretty good. It's solid. You know, I, I do think it's, um, it feels like a Netflix show. And I yeah. say that sort, sort of derogatorily a little bit. I think uh, a, a big issue I have with um, most, a lot of Netflix shows. Uh, and actually speaking of Daredevil, this is, I, I think I first clocked this when I was watching Daredevil when, I, when that was out, is that they really don't... Um, they don't appreciate the art of the episode, the singular episode of a show. You know, I think uh, the Daredevil and Brother Sun and many other shows uh, on Netflix very much like try to adhere to like we're actually a season long movie and there's not really like any kind of like plot, like individual plot for a certain episode. Like, yes. Something I appreciated about Mad Men or Breaking Bad uh, or The Sopranos or so, so many of those like really great TV shows from the, you know, the golden age of TV or whatever you want to call it. But like all of those shows, um, even though they were heavily serialized shows, uh, they would all like have individual every episode would have its own individual stakes that would then like build into the larger story right and in a lot of Netflix shows I have found that like it's mostly just the larger story that's being told uh, and I think Brother Sun taps into that a little bit there it, it breaks out of that a little bit more than some of the other shows I've seen but uh, you know and also like Daredevil I think Brother Sun feels like it runs too long um, like it's only eight episodes I've seen four of them I do think this would be a great half hour show Mm -hmm. i think uh being an hour long uh, maybe kind of kills the momentum of it a little bit but i think brother stone really comes alive when it is um focused on the kind of contrast between the two brothers um you know i I think the crime stuff itself feels maybe a little bit generic a little bit tired um it does start to pick up a little bit by episode four but the uh the improv stuff like the comedy aspect of it is pretty fun and i think having those things clash together is like a pretty fun time Uh, and also the action in this show 
is great. The action yeah. sequences are really, really good. And I was able to kind of reliably count on like, okay, almost every episode has at least one really cool action sequence that uh, uh, it's like not a waste of my time to watch this. And and most of that centers around uh, the older brother, Charles, who um, is kind of the uh, Justin Chien, who is seems to be like the main He's the main action hero of this show. Uh, in the four episodes that I've watched, Michelle Yeoh has not gotten into a fight scene yet, and that's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, reasonable. She's also, from the first two episodes, in. She, she's not in a ton of it, obviously. It's not, like you said, it's the brother's son. It's a, more right. about their relationship, and she's a you know, supporting character there. And, you know, I guess we do have to acknowledge she's getting a little older. Uh, not, well, that, sure, not, yeah. not that she's lost a step at all, of course, but it makes sense. You know, maybe use that sparingly. Maybe she's only in, I'm sure it'll be like some mega family fight or some shit in episode eight where they all come, come together and overcome their differences or whatever the hell. Probably, which is the thing that will like keep me watching, like the promise of like, yeah. a potential Michelle Yeoh fight. And I hope that that happens. I, th- I think I am probably going to try to finish the season. Uh, now that we're doing, like, we're doing the episode now, my obligation to the show is done uh, but yes. but i don't know i think I, I might try to stick it out it's uh it's like a pretty fun show that is not nearly as good as some of the other shows that i'm watching currently but it's like good enough where i'm like oh yeah i think i'll keep watching this which i think is exactly what netflix wants it like wants to make things that are just good enough yeah to keep you watching <laughs> to not have you sit up and hit x instead of just letting the uh next next episode play continue thing or whatever the hell it is right a little exactly. timer <laughs> which totally unrelated to this but have you been watching true detective night night country season four i am yes did you have in episode two the timing for like the skip and all that weird shit you know like uh like skip skip intro skip recap all that stuff did that get all fucked up for you no no it didn't okay interesting I, think I, saw, H- I saw you tweet about that though. Yeah. So totally unrelated. I'm going to tell the story on here anyway, because whatever, but, uh, you know, it's like, it always starts with the, the HBO logo, the static thing. And then there's usually like a promo or commercial for like an original HBO show or something like that. So I always hit that first skip recap th- or skip button or whatever. So I get to the actual show. Uh, it did that. It skipped like four minutes into the episode and it was just like in the middle of a scene. And I was like, what the fuck? So I went back and just like <laughs> let it play from the beginning. Mm. Um, and then with five minutes left in the episode, like a full five minutes on the progress bar, uh, it just shrunk down to the tiny little corner and it was a commercial for Air, mayor of Easttown. <laughs> and it was like, watch credits or continue watch it like your next episode or whatever. Ah, that's so weird. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Um, and this is why you should never hit the skip intro button, Mike. Uh, no, as I've said it, many times I, it's, it wasn't to skip, <laughs> it wasn't to skip the, the, the song or anything. It was to skip the commercial for HBO shows that I'm already oh, paying gosh. to watch. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, fair enough. You know what I mean? Like there's always a 30 second, like HBO ad or something. Yeah. Uh, and when I did that, it skipped like minutes into the episode. Uh, and I was just like, what the fuck is going on? I'm going to, David Zaslov's the worst. Um, anyway, <laughs> brother son. Bl- I'm going to blame him personally for this personally, one. Personally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, just uh, since we brought it up, what do you think of True Detective so far, Mike? Are, are, are you in? Are you into the new season? I'm into it. It rules. Absolutely. Leaning okay. into the weird, the leaning into the the supernatural horror stuff. I don't know if anybody else, if you watched episode episode two, has a pretty you know intense cold open. I guess I'll say uh, like yes. a little bit of a jump scare at the end it's of it. Horrifying. <laughs> Terrifying. Um, and I had watched it, uh, you know, t- Sunday night, and my parents were watching it uh, Monday night, and yeah. I was like in a different part of the house, and I heard it start, and I was just sitting there like haha and it just like waited for and they're all of a sudden they're like what the fuck like they're just screaming um <laughs> very funny uh absolutely hilarious nice i'm kind of into it too i feel like i've seen a lot of discussion around it be it like i don't know people are people are dragging it it seems like on the online i've been seeing a lot of negative uh reactions to it maybe just because it's not the same thing as season one of true detective um which 
the show hasn't been the same thing of like, yeah, I mean, seasons two and three are like not that season two. I remember being pretty bad season three. I didn't finish season three. I watched like three episodes of and bailed like not, not that it was bad, but I just like, wasn't that into it. Yeah. But season four, I'm kind of into it's uh it's, it's got a cool vibe to it. Jodie Foster is really cool in it. I don't know. It's, it's, it feels like true detective, but uh, just different, you know, I don't know. I'm into it. Yeah. I'm very into it. Uh, Issa Lopez, the, the showrunner and writer and director and all that stuff. Right. She made uh, tigers are not afraid a few years ago, which I really liked. Um, so I'm definitely pulling for her and yeah, I don't know. I've seen that. I think it's just like the usual discourse around, especially True Detective always seems to have like very intense reactions, yeah. negative or positive. Um, so I'm very much enjoying it. I know there was like that weird AI art posters in the background of season yes. two, episode, uh, episode two. And Lisa Lopez had an answer for it, but it seemed like that might have been a cooked up after the fact PR answer. But Yeah, like a really weird one. Um, so yeah, yeah I, don't I, don't know. Know. I don't know. There's really a story behind that. That's weird. But uh, but first two episodes, I'm into it. Uh, I, th- I think it's pretty solid. It also seems like it's connecting back to season one in some ways, which is interesting. I don't just know. crazy for a true yes. detective show. Um, but you know what? Also, um, into the first two episodes of The Brothers Soon, <laughs> Mike. <laughs> Yes, we should get back to the show that uh, this episode is about, uh, which, of course, Michelle Yeoh is in. So what do you think of Michelle Yeoh in The Brother's Son? So from what I have seen, it's fun. It's cool. It's Michelle Yeoh. She's, uh, you know, wearing wearing like uh, uh, aprons and, and rubber gloves and she's like being a mom and stuff, yeah. uh, which is neat. And then, of course, uh, pulls out the bone saw <laughs> and like the drill <laughs> or whatever. It is just like in it back in the crime family world. Um, but it, it did make me actually like mad in the first episode when it does the thing that we've seen now five times where the first episode of a season that quote unquote stars Michelle Yeoh, she's not in the first episode. And then the last 30 seconds, <laughs> she shows up and she's like, she draws a sword or she picks yeah. up a bone saw or she is revealed to be the villain in, in strike back or like whatever. Um, and, uh, and then it cuts to credits and I was like, God damn it. They can't keep getting away with it. Like every right. time. Um, yeah, this has happened. Uh, strike back does this where she's like, kinda, she's in it, but like just barely. And she's like off to the side crying for most of it. And yeah. then, Show, like at the end, I think in the next episode, she beca- like it's revealed that she's the villain or something. Yeah. And then Marco Polo does the same thing where she shows up at the end of her first episode uh, with just with a sword. American Born Chinese does the same thing. And The Witcher Blood Origin also does. Yeah, this is the fifth yep. time this has happened. The only time it hasn't happened otherwise is Star Trek Discovery, uh, where Michelle Yeoh dies at the end of the first episode. <laughs> right. It does the opposite, where she's the star of the first episode and then kills her off. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so it's just like, it was just like, what is happening? Why, how many times can this rug be pulled out from under this time? Lucy will keep the ball there. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, it speaks to the testament of, uh, every showrunner being like knowing the power of Michelle Yeoh and how much of a, a solid reveal it will be when she shows up at the end of the first episode. Yeah. That, that said, she is in this episode before the ending. She like is. That, yeah. That first, but she's mostly just a supporting character. She's there, not necessarily in the background. She has a few scenes. She's mostly interacting with uh, her son Bruce and you're kind of getting a sense of like oh you know he wants to do improv she uh, has banned that like she has told him not to do improv she wants him to be a doctor or something like that right yeah uh, and then at the very end when Charles shows up it turns out that she is also involved in the crime aspect of it and like the sweet mo- the caring mother that you thought you knew is actually like the this matriarch of this crime family yeah this like hardened criminal that's cutting up a body uh, you yes. know but which, then, although- which is a very fun thing to see Bruce react to that it's pretty good yeah <laughs> yeah good times although in season episode two it's not her cutting up the body at the beginning uh it's it's charles i think but she's involved she's in yeah and yeah and then i think that kind of um you know only those first two episodes it starts to reveal that you know her plan of protecting bruce and and like why they left and uh and all that stuff is like starting to be revealed to me um so i'm sure they they explore that more and her 
her involvement um, with the pillars or dragon. What is the, I forget their, uh, their like name. Uh, I think it's the Jade Dragons Jade or something Dragon, like that. Something like right? that. Yeah. Something along those lines, right? There's a bunch of them. This is what the whole is like, you know, ri- all these rival gangs and I forget which one is that right. gang, but yeah, her involvement in that organization and stuff. Uh, so, I mean, it's it, on top of being like a fun comedy and having cool action. Like it seems like there is a, a cool mystery unfolding and like a whodunit. And like, I know at the end of episode two, there's like a reveal of their connection, like a family connection to one of the police that's investigating the homicide and like all this stuff like that woman who like went to middle school or whatever with them uh, is now a homicide detective and so she's like involved and all this stuff and I was like oh that's this is neat it seems like we're gonna like getting on get piling on the layers of where this could all fall apart for them um so I was into it. Yeah, no, uh, I was into it too. I think Michelle Yeoh is uh, really great. I think it, you can kind of feel how excited she is to get a role like this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this feels like something that like she could really sink her teeth into. And I, I will say uh, you didn't get to see this episode, but I think episode three is one that kind of starts to expand her character a little bit more. So, you know, she she's pretty heavily involved in the show, you know, the entire way through. But yeah, th- three so far, like, from what I've seen, of the four episodes I've seen, like three is her biggest showcase so far. Uh, there's It's an episode where uh, she and Charles kind of infiltrate like a Mahjong group and like kind of get information from there uh, and all that stuff, which is pretty fun. Yeah, no, I think the uh, the show itself is, uh, is solid. It's it's a pretty solid time. Good enough, you know? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> and uh, and like I said, great action sequences. I want to actually highlight um, the first two episodes um, and several others as well are directed by Kevin Tanchorian, who uh, is mostly a TV filmmaker, like a TV director. He's directed like episodes of like the CW, you know, superhero shows mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But I, I knew his name because I think it was in like 2010 or something. Um, he put, he created a Mortal Kombat like fan film really? um, called like Mortal Kombat Legacy, I think, or Mortal Kombat Rebirth that had like Michael Jai White in it as Jax. Whoa. And it was like a 15 minute like, kind of fan film. It was, it was basically a proof of concept being like, hire me to make a Mortal Kombat movie. I want to make a Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And it went viral and I remember watching it and it was really cool. Like it was a pretty solid thing. And then they never made a movie out of it. They did make a Mortal Kombat like web series like that ran for like two seasons that he was a part of. But I was like, you know, a web series back in like 2011. Like it wasn't really taken off. Like it wasn't a Netflix thing. It was it like if it was a few years later, it would have been a Netflix thing and it probably would have been like a Cobra Kai-esque hit or something. Yeah. You know, which Cobra Kai, even that wasn't a Netflix thing for the first two. That was a YouTube Red thing. Remember YouTube Red? Or was that like a YouTube, uh, Yahoo, whatever? But I think that was only community. I think they bankrupted. Yahoo Screen, Yahoo Screen had community, which bankrupted the service. Uh, They also had a show called Other Space. Oh, um, yeah. Which was Paul Feig like uh, developed and it was like a space comedy show. Milano Vaintrup was in it. Yeah. Uh, And I think one of the Mystery Science Theater 3000 guys was also in it playing a robot. I never watched other space. I heard it was pretty good. Um, but yeah, also I don't think it's like easily available anymore because Yahoo screen doesn't exist. I'm sure uh, it's deleted somewhere. Yes. And YouTube red doesn't exist anymore, right? Well, uh, I think I, it's YouTube TV now. Like I think they just have pivoted that into a, okay. into a different thing, but they don't do like original programming anymore. I don't think literally no one knows. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I have no idea. I don't think so. Fair enough. Uh, but I, but I re- recognize Kevin Tenchorian's name from that Mortal Kombat thing, uh, which was uh, kind of cool to see. And so, and I think he is somebody who, you know, for a lot of these TV shows that he directs, uh, he mostly does action oriented stuff. Uh, and so getting him on the brother's son, he's also the, uh, the cousin or the, the brother of Marissa Tenchorian, who was the co-showrunner of agents of shield. So oh. uh, yeah, TV family right there. But, uh, yeah, Kevin Tenchorian directed the first two episodes, uh, which you watched. And I think he watched, he directed like episode four and six and a couple of the other ones. It was him. Him and uh, Viet Nguyen, who directed uh, the other like half, like they basically direct like half and half of the season. Right. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I, and I think his action um, really helps out with uh, with this show. So there's that. But yeah, Michelle Yeoh, great in it. Uh, it's good to see her in this role. It feels like she's really trying to like, you know, do something that like, it's not that it's different from something that we've seen her do before, but I think it's a more fully fleshed out character than um, she might have gotten a few years ago. Uh, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, even thinking about like, you know, other roles that it connects to and stuff to, uh, to get to that portion. Uh, yeah. I really only thought of like one or two and they're kind of like obvious ones that connect to it, but it's, it wasn't like, Oh, here's 20 other versions of this type of thing, you know? Right. It was mostly, um, master Z, the Ip man legacy where it's like, oh, yeah, sure. she's the head of like a crime thing. And then in that one, uh, she's trying to go straight, right? It's the same kind of type, it's a type of situation for her character, but she, just whatever it's just when she thought she was out they pull her back in um, right kind of thing and then crazy rich asians really <laughs> it's like yeah kind of really it um she's been you know the the like mother position of authority whatever matriarch kind of figure in a bunch of stuff but i felt like those two were really pretty heavily influenced her character or, or this type of story um but that's those are sort of like the the, the only ones that kind of popped to hit my mind. It wasn't like oh here's the ten Wuja films that she was in. That, you know, it's not it's not exactly right. like that. Yeah, no, I think Crazy Rich Asians is like the best, uh, weirdly the best comparison. Like it's yeah. not uh, obviously a very different story. <laughs> As soon as she went to like a mahjong parlor, I was like, ah, crazy rich Asian. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but also, you know, but also a movie that seems uh, like like it's trying to steep itself pretty heavily in Asian culture and kind of going into that. Uh, and so uh, her role in both this and crazy rich Asians kind of feeds into that. And, and it's a similar kind of mother character um, yeah. where they are, she's like she loves her children. It's very clear that she loves her children, but she's not. She's you know, th there's a discussion in I think episode four of the show that actually mirrors a conversation from crazy rich Asians where Bruce is talking to like this uncle that he didn't know he had. He like just found out about his uncle and his uncle's like kind of talking to him about like what he wants to do. If he wants to be in the crime family, if he's going to do improv and obey his mother or whatever. And he's like, I don't know. I, I, can I just do what I want? And his uncle's like, yeah, we have a word for that in Taiwan. American. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, which is exactly, that, that's almost word for word, like a crazy rich Asians conversation that happens I, in that movie. <laughs> I think you're, yes, you're exactly correct. Yeah. Uh, and so thematically it's covering similar territory and also, Michelle Yeoh's character um, feels very similar in the way that she uh, wants what is best for her children or what she wants. She wants what is best for her children in what she envisions to be the best for her children, not right. what her children want to be doing. Uh, and so there's a moment in episode four. There's a, uh, the, I think the best sequence in episode four, there's a good fight sequence towards the end also, but um, episode four actually shows you Bruce in an improv show. And it's a pretty fun sequence um, because it's like, it kind of, it does a really good job of like showing you how terrifying that is just yeah. being in an improv show uh, where like all the sound cuts out and he's like, just like on stage sort of internally freaking out a little bit. But before it, like at, the, at this point in the show, Michelle Yeoh has accepted that her son wants to do improv and has accepted that this is what he wants to do with his life. And she's like kind of going along with it mostly. So she doesn't, so he doesn't have to get involved in the crime stuff. She doesn't want a part of that. Right. And so he's like, Oh, he invites people to his improv show. And, uh, you know, she, she like basically reminds him that he has an improv show that like, he can't go do this thing with his family where they're going to do crime. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like you have to do your improv show and he's inviting everybody and it's like, Oh, and Michelle, yo, are you coming? And she's like, Oh no, that's not my thing. <laughs> Which is just one of those things. It's like, Oh, she's like sort of trying to support her son, but also like if you are her son, that's going to be devastating to hear. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs>
Yeah, I, th- I think they. I think from the even from the two episodes, they they do a pretty good. Uh, you know the they they have the fun balance between the like the the criminal underworld stuff and like also it's a it's a you know college comedy thing. <laughs> you know, like uh, yeah, you know, like a Peter Parker Spider Man situation where like he he's like I, this test is worth eight eight percent of my grade in the second episode. He's like I gotta get to math class. Like I need to pass this test. Um, yes. And Charles is like, oh, we're gonna stop over here and have a shootout first, though. <laughs> you know, and, it's like, <laughs> yeah. uh, and they they kind of mix those worlds together. Really in a pretty entertaining way from the, at least the first two episodes. Yeah, which does remind me also of uh, American Born Chinese, which uh, did right. a similar thing where they had this like whole mystical adventure story that's happening, but also this like pretty down to earth, just like high school, like kind of dramedy that's that's happening on one side of it too and the way those two kind of mix together. Um, yeah, look at that. Yeah, no, I mean, another, another, uh, actually, no, that was Disney Plus. I was gonna say another, like, the Netflix original, but I guess direct, direct streaming. Uh, yeah, direct to streaming TV show with uh, featuring Michelle Yeoh in a kind of a position of authority and yeah, 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 all, yeah. all that stuff. But yeah, any, any scenes in the Brothers Son in those first two episodes that you want to highlight, Mike? Anything that stood out to you? Um, well, I think that first fight scene with the Great British Baking Show is very funny and, and, and different and really like sets the tone uh, between yeah. the like the comedy and action and all that stuff. Um, but that that shootout they go to in episode two where they like are trying to find some assassin, right? That's sort of why Charles like comes to L.A. Uh, to like track down the person that assassinated their father and, and begin to unravel that mystery. And so they need to go to whatever somebody's house and it's his daughter's birthday party and he his daughter loves dinosaurs. And so uh, the bad guys have infiltrated this party as people dressed up in like inflatable dinosaur <laughs> costumes yes and they're just like pull machetes out uh and like yeah. uzis and stuff and then it's just this giant action scene uh and in a very awesomely filmed and looking choreographed uh action martial arts scene but some of them are just in inflatable dinosaur costumes yes this is the energy that i wanted the show to have for most of it. like you know yeah. I, I enjoyed the show for the most part but like that sequence i was like oh man if the show is like this most of the time i'm gonna be really into this yeah and especially again i think if, the, if every episode was a half hour instead of an hour long man those like and it was just like focused on like let's get a f- like one great fight scene every episode and make it a half hour long man it would be really great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that whole sequence where every, like there's inflatable dinosaur costumes, they're all flailing around and doing like uh, various different martial arts. And then one of them is dressed as a T-Rex mm-hmm. uh, and it gets punctuated by this really great Jurassic Park reference um, at the end where, uh, you know, Charles like gets out of there, he gets in the car and the T-Rex like runs out, runs out <laughs> into the driveway and sh- it like shouts, no, like, like roaring. Uh, and then the sign behind the T-Rex, which has the same font as the Jurassic Jurassic Park sign, but in Chinese, yeah. uh, falls uh, and as if it's the sign that says "When dinosaurs ruled the earth." The subtitle says something different, right, Mike? It says yeah, something yeah. like it translated it uh and uh, netflix with the uh subtitles on uh and it, it 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 i don't know if it like is on purpose or if netflix just did this because who knows but it had like yeah. a a like poor direct like google translate of when dinosaurs ruled the earth to like when reptiles dominated the planet or something like that <laughs> um is what it said which is very funny uh yeah i don't know if that's intentional or if netflix just accidentally made <laughs> like a very bad <laughs> translation of it uh for that but um yeah that's what the subtitles had yeah, which is which is great. That's such a like really fun uh, recreation of Jurassic Park and uh, a, a really like ingenious, like a weird creative thing that they did, uh, which I appreciated. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's a couple times where they do that with the subtitles. I noticed um, where like it, it would change from like just like the Netflix generated subtitles to like 
oh, these subtitles are like deliberate where like Bruce's Mandarin is not very good. So like it'll show you what they say. And then it, it, this happened in episode two, at least. Uh, and then it'll show you what Bru- like from Bruce's point of view and it'll like censor parts of the sentence because like he doesn't know yeah. what the words are. Uh, it'll turn it, like I forget what it is, but it turns it into like a weird, dirty joke or something that he, they're saying uh, when Bruce. Right. Is, and he just like has a confused look on his face. Um but uh, I thought that's pretty neat. And I like, you know, I like when things stylize stuff and play around with that kind of stuff. That's fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think the dinosaur sequence is a standout. That opening sequence of episode one is really great. I like that. Um, what that kind of establishes, too, like a lot of the show is focused on Bruce and his love of improv. And he wants to be like an improv star and all, all that stuff. He wants to be a comedian. And I like that the opening fight sequence in the first episode where you're watching Charles um fight all these people off uh, while he's cooking, uh, like really actually emphasize like, oh, Charles is also a really great like chef. He's, yeah. he's a very he's a very good chef that instead of, you know, exploring that side of his life, uh, he's been roped into this sort of life of crime that uh, he has to deal with instead. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. And in episode one and two uh, or at least two, I think, is where this seems to be starting. But like he discovers churros. Yeah, it, that's a recurring joke throughout the the season. It seems like uh, that's a great bit. Yeah. The, uh, the uncle also discovers churros like in episode four. And it's like, <laughs> oh, my God, these are so great. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah like he, and I, I know in uh, in episode two he de- he charles like derails his mission uh on the college campus to like stop at a churro stand <laughs> um, yeah and, and he's, then, like questioning the guy like how you make churros <laughs> yeah and then the, is there long enough covered in blood that the police show up <laughs> um, and like that's the conclusion <laughs> to episode two basically yes uh yeah which is a great bit and so yeah i like that it, it does give charles like the sort of inner life and like this this interest beyond just being a gangster that uh you know he didn't really get to explore and i assume in the next four episodes maybe he'll get to explore his shift side a little bit more who's to say yeah hopefully he gets more churros that that's really all i can hope for actually that would be <laughs> nice but yeah that that opening sequence is great the uh the nightclub sequence in episode one um i think is very very good too like the uh the idea that bruce um tries to sell drugs in order to pay for his college tuition like his, for his improv classes basically yeah or no it's it's for his actual college tuition because he spent his money on improv classes yeah he spent his student loan to pay for improv classes so now he needs to sell drugs to pay off his actual tuition yeah right and bruce's like best friend is just like a drug dealer who can who is trying to hook him up with that kind of stuff and really he's just a goofy kid his name yeah, is TK. He's just like a loser yeah, <laughs> but yeah. like in a fun way um and uh, I, I like to in, in in episode two when uh the friend gets like brought to the police station right he gets arrested for his involvement yeah. in selling drugs and stuff he's just like i'm not gonna crack right and, and like as soon as the first detective walks in the room he's like okay and he just like starts listing names just like <laughs> just instantly folds yep so good yes yeah that was very good and so yeah that, that whole night club sequence i think is really fun and like there's a there's a fun like confrontation where when charles and bruce finally meet uh at the end there yes. um and you know he like bruce has no idea who he is because they've been estranged for so long like he knows he has a brother but like doesn't really know anything about him and the girl in the nightclub like recognizes him right away being like oh this is like one of the most legendary gangsters in taiwan this is insane and yeah then that whole like fight scene erupts which is great uh there's a good re- there's a fun like Hong Kong movie reference at one point they reference um I think in episode two like somebody mentions like oh they got they got our friends Samo and Hung yeah <laughs> which <laughs> I was like screenshot 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 yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's good uh yeah so there's that and then uh, yeah episode two has the uh, the dinosaur fight episode three doesn't really have any big action set piece which was uh, a disappointment but it does have uh, more of Michelle Yeoh's story and it has her infiltrated the Mahjong set 
Uh, and then episode four um, has that improv scene, which uh, is really like effectively done, I think. Uh, and then it does end with a pretty great uh, fight scene where um, one of them has been captured and they have to like kind of get through a warehouse to get through everybody. And a bunch of guys are there. They beat them all up. It's pretty good. Love it. Love it. Dudes in a warehouse fight. Yeah. Can't can't stop it. Always a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah. And uh, otherwise, like I, I've watched up through episode four. I know, I know about one plot point that happens in episode six, um, which involves, I guess, I think they eventually go to Taiwan, like they go to Taipei. Okay. Uh, and so I'm not sure if this happens there, uh, or if this happens, I guess this, this probably happens while they're still in LA. Um, but I guess Bruce and Charles, uh, eventually like hide out in John Cho's house. Like <laughs> what? John Cho himself, I don't think makes an appearance, but they, use his house as like a, a hideout or something. And so there's a lot of jokes about John Cho and his career and stuff Amazing. Uh, that, that happened in episode six. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll keep watching just to see what that's all about. Yeah. I got to find out what's going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so I, I know that that happens and I believe at some point, Michelle, uh, Michelle, Yeoh at least goes back to Taiwan. I think that's what happens. Um, just kind of based on like the limited stuff I've seen beyond my, the episodes that I've watched, like what I've seen people talk about and stuff. Um, but yeah, the brother's son, uh, I thought it was pretty solid. It's, it's a pretty good show. You know, it's not in the top tier of Netflix TV shows. Cause like we said, I mean, a lot of Netflix shows are not very good. There are very good ones. Uh, you know, it has yeah. happens, you know, I, I don't think this is in the top tier, but, uh, you know, maybe in the B tier, I throw it into the B tier of Netflix shows. Yeah. Yeah. I can't really think of what the A tier would be off the top of my head. I guess like Mindhunter and some of this my, early, yeah. earlier stuff, but, uh, yeah, uh, that, that, that is the thing. Most of it will be like stuff that isn't really happening on Netflix now. I mean, uh, Bojack Horseman, I think is like top tier. Yeah. Bojack Horseman, American Vandal. That's top tier. That's good stuff. Unjustly canceled. Uh, <laughs> American Vandal. Uh, yeah. Mindhunter would be a good choice. Um, Stranger Things still running and, True. uh, still very good. I think, I, I think getting better every season. I'm the only one. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only one left. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the one guy who is like season one, the worst one <laughs> didn't, <laughs> didn't care for it. You psychos. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there are definitely other shows, uh, probably on there as well. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think as far as current Netflix stuff goes, this feels like kind of higher up, like near, near the top, you know? Yeah, definitely. I finally finished, um, the last kingdom. I just kind of went back. I know I've okay. talked about that more on Mike and Mike, obviously. Uh, but I was just like, ah, fuck it. I keep getting this in my recommended whatever. And it's on my list and it keeps popping up at the thing. So I was like, I'm finally going to do it. And I just like spent a weekend and watched, uh, the final season of that. And that wrapped up pretty well. And then there was a, a movie, like a hour and a half, like final movie thing to, uh, to just like really, to like tie up all the loose ends of the story. And that was just yeah. like, a mess. Um, but, but I get it. You know, it's like, it, it felt like that could, that should have been, it covers enough ground that like what would have been in a season, but it doesn't in a 90 minute. Right. Just kind of like, remember, remember like those last couple episodes of game of Thrones where you're just like, you guys are all over the continent. Like, how are you teleporting between these, all these cities and stuff? Like you're the same character is just in places everywhere. It yep. was one of those kind of situations, uh, which like, Hey, whatever, I guess at least yeah. they finished the story air quotes. You know? That's good. Yes, that's good. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the, uh, the list of Netflix original programming right now. Um, just, uh, yeah, just a few things that, so stranger things, uh, still, playing the final season coming out this year or supposedly this year. I think it just started filming. So maybe next year umbrella Academy is still running. Uh, and that's going to have a final season that's supposedly out this year. Have you watched Uh, that? Did you keep up with that show? Did you watch that at all? Uh, me and my girlfriend ended up watching like 
six or seven episodes of the first season. Uh, I liked it. Never got around to finishing it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it was I good. Got, I, I liked it. I liked it too. I think I watched it. Was it two seasons? I think I don't remember if it was two or three. You were really into it for the first like two seasons. I, think, I was. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty cool. It's neat. But uh, the, this, the, the, in particular, the first episode of this of, of brothers soon had big, those vibes. If you remember, there's those two guys, those two characters whose names I can't remember. It's one of them, like Mary J. Blige or something in umbrella Academy. Uh, okay. Yeah. Right. It's like they did like time cops or whatever the hell they are in the black yeah, suits. And I, I remember that yeah uh yeah there's like those characters in particular their stuff uh felt very the brother son felt very close to that energy that those right. guys had yeah i got that for sure uh they still got the witcher that's still coming out they still got uh bridgerton bridgerton's a big show uh never that's watched a big it. show yeah never watched it um Ginny and georgia i hear is uh is popular uh you just made up something that's not real. that's uh my girlfriend watches it that's not uh, okay. uh I, I didn't make that one up uh, um they, they have a lincoln lawyer tv show like a like the matthew mcconaughey movie yeah well they're based on novels <laughs> based on books yeah, yeah this is netflix's reacher i yes. think is, uh, i think my parents are big into the lincoln lawyer that's, that has big parents energy i think yeah um uh the sandman is uh, is on netflix they oh, have yeah. that one season that's supposedly coming back uh let's see they have that live action one piece show my friends show. really love that show i've heard the one i've heard the live action one piece is not bad i've heard it's yeah. pretty good yeah. uh i know they're also doing the live action avatar the last airbender have no hope for it. uh i don't know the, I don't, I mean, I don't the trailer just came out today right or something oh i think it did yeah did you watch it no no neither Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah actually you know what the, here's here's top tier right here um i think you should leave is still on netflix that's um, okay which, fair yes that, that's you know <laughs> no matter what else netflix does they still have i think you should leave which uh that's Correct. that's a pretty big deal right there <laughs> <laughs> at least we got uh, that yeah wednesday on netflix also um i watched the first episode of that it was okay you you watched wednesday didn't you no no i thought i think, I think I, i've asked I think you I that like a million to. times <laughs> yeah i think you have also yeah. i think every time it comes uh, wednesday comes up I'm like oh yeah mike t i think he likes that you like that right <laughs> never watched <laughs> i'm sure it's fine <laughs> yes oh uh blue eye samurai is also a netflix thing so the greatest uh, thing ever yeah i knew you like that uh i have not seen it but I'm sure it's great. Do it. Push play. Okay. Fair enough. So yeah, Netflix does have some good stuff, but it is largely drowned out by the bad stuff. And that is unfortunate, but the brother's son, pretty solid. Pretty good. That's a a ringing endorsement from complete work. Season three. Yes. (laughs) Pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if, if, if I end up watching more of the brother's son, which I think I might, uh, then, uh, I will let you, I I will report back. I'll let people know. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll put you on blast on the spot right now. Yeah. You said that about American born Chinese. Have you watched any more of American born Chinese? I have not watched any more <laughs> of American Born Chinese. Uh, also, a show that uh, I, I do think I should, would like to go back to at some point. <laughs> I think you said, uh, I said the exact, like, yeah, it's pretty good. I watched yeah. a couple extra episodes. I'll probably finish it. And you're just, just yeah. Uh, yeah, I got, I got movies to watch, Mike. I don't have no, time I get for these it. television it was award season. series. I get it. Uh, yeah, award season. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think uh, both both of these shows, American Born Chinese and Brother Son, um, feel like good shows to watch like while I'm at work, you know, right. like, yeah. like, you know, a, a lot of times if I work uh, in the, uh, the Roxy annex, which the annex next to the movie theater mouse, Missoula, Montana, where I also work, uh, the Roxy annex is a one screen theater that like one employee runs basically. And it's 25 seats. And once that movie gets in, you got like two hours to kill. And so both, I, I think American born Chinese, my plan was like, Oh, whenever I have time to kill in the annex, I'll watch American born Chinese. And I haven't gotten around to it. Uh, and now brother soon, I'm like, whenever I have time to kill in the annex, I'm going to watch brother soon. <laughs> <laughs> whoops i think i had the same plan for star trek discovery too and uh, that that hasn't uh panned out either i also use that time to work on the podcast mike so it's not like i'm doing uh doing I, nothing here. i didn't think you were just sitting there looking at the wall i assumed you're doing other stuff you know <laughs> uh but all right i think we can wrap this episode up mike uh I think so, so. 
Yeah, uh, because there are no Letterboxd reviews because this is a TV show. Soon to be Letterboxd reviews for Soon TV there shows. Will be. <laughs> fucking uninstall that shit. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm really curious how that's going to work. Uh, if they uh, there is already a separate app that is basically Letterboxd for TV called Serialized. I think I talked about it at one point uh, on Mike Mike of the movies maybe. Yeah, uh, and I I did use that for a little while. Kind of fell off of it, but uh, you know people just use that. It's it's have it as a separate thing <laughs> if you yeah. want your TV shows. Uh, but I don't know. I'm wondering if like letterbox will have some kind of feature where you can like not see people logging tv shows or if it will be like on a separate tab of the site or whatever it is just because yeah i'm not sure how that would work i don't want to like you know my movie like i don't want to just see people like logging individual episodes of friends like that's that's right what I, that's what i fear you know <laughs> there's no way they're gonna uh promote and like make a big deal about adding tv shows and not force it in our faces <laughs> no way <laughs> Zero trust. Uh, yeah, fair enough. We will see what happens. Mike D, where can we find you online this week? You can find me being angry about Letterboxd, I guess. Uh, on, <laughs> on Letterboxd. On uh, Letterboxd and on Twitter <laughs> and on Blue Sky at MD Film Blog. Um, if you would like to donate to support the show, you can do that at our Kofi page, which is Kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods. And if you would like merch, we have merch available at our Redbubble, which is Mike and Mike Pods Yes, indeed. You can find me online at M Smith Film Blog on Twitter, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd, and Radio Mike Sandwich Instagram. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Complete Works. I'm Mike Smith. That's my decree show. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can tweet at us at Complete Works Pod. That's W-R-K-S. No O in the word works. Uh, you can find the rest of our podcast on Rapture Press alongside many other podcasts about all kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff. Our theme song was created by Kyle Cullen, uh, who's also going to be editing this episode, actually. And uh, you can reach uh, you can reach out to him for your own podcast themes at kylespodcastthemes at gmail.com. And our logo was designed by Mac V or at Fearless Guard on Twitter. Uh, join us in the next week on Complete Works because it's finally time to figure out our season four finalists, Mike. We're doing it. It's happening. We're yes, going to do a, a, a poll on... Uh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ran out, of, ran out of steam on whatever mean uh, joke I was going to say. Yeah, we, we are going to do a poll on Twitter, uh, yes. I believe, right? Like we did for season three, uh, and we'll put that out there for season four. But next week, we're going to figure out who our finalists are actually going to be. I'm going to have five people. Mike will have five people, begrudgingly so. Uh, <laughs> Under and, uh, duress, I will have five people. <laughs> Yeah, you've really been like dreading this for some reason, my God. I'm not really I don't sure know. It, maybe it's an <laughs> offline discussion. <laughs> no, it's fine. It'll be fine. I'll think of people that are exciting to talk about. Yes, yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. And remember to check out our other podcast, Mike Might Go to the Movies, for all kinds of other movie-related stuff, including recent releases, ranked lists, general discussions, and a lot more. So thanks so much for listening, guys, and thanks for taking it, yo. Yo.